Hello everyone, and welcome to Bluebeard's Tech Talk. I'm Josh Bentley, and yes, I have a blue beard. I work for SAP, one of the world's largest business software companies, and I'm a developer advocate on our developer relations team. As part of my responsibilities, I talk about the SAP Cloud Platform. One of the goals of this podcast is to connect developers to code they may or may not have been aware of, and they can use it when they're developing their own applications. Another ambitious goal of this podcast is to entertain you. To do that, I'm going to try to have as many interviews as I can with subject matter experts. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to a new episode of Bluebeard's Tech Talk. With me today is Adil Zalouk. Hello, Adil. Hi. Hi, Josh. Good morning, good afternoon to you. Where are you located? I'm located in Germany, uh, Heidelberg. Nice. Nice. So the reason that I have you join me today is we're going to talk about gardening and planting things in the garden and being a botanist from the topic that I looked at. Oh, wait a minute. That's not true. We're going to be talking about Gardner, which is the Kubernetes botanist. So... For those who don't know, Gardner is a project that deals with Kubernetes, and I've been talking about it for several years, I think now about two years, but I'm hoping that, Adel, you can introduce yourself and then tell us about Gardner and how long it's been around, and we can introduce over the next 10 to 15 minutes the Gardner topic to some people who may not have heard of it. Sure, sure. So I'm Adel Zaluk. Uh, I'm currently working as a senior software engineer uh, in the Gardner project. Um, my background is mostly com- coming from networking, software-defined networking, software-defined storage, so software-defined things. Um, nice. Yeah, so uh, I started started working with software-defined networking in 2013, um, and then proceeded uh, through DevOps and cloud and all these things till I reached uh, to the most hyped topic, which is Kubernetes at the moment. And I joined SAP three years ago, <laughs> two years ago, sorry, um, where the Gardner project was already a thing. Uh, but the Gardner project really started uh, three years ago. Um, and it, it, it was, uh, it came to life uh, from an idea. So people were, were really attending the KubeCon and then and they found a, an idea about, okay, managing clusters and then building a managed service for Kubernetes clusters. So as it is now, building a Kubernetes cluster is really hard. You have to build all the smaller pieces together. If you look at the Kubernetes the hard way, uh, GitHub repo from Kelsey, it was also three years ago. Um, he started it for people to get to know how to how to start and, and actually compile a Kubernetes cluster. So the whole idea behind Gardner was to simplify that process of, of creating certificates, system units, networking, uh, creating VMs manually, creating the firewall rules, all these day one, day two operations. Um, so the idea came came to, came to my colleagues uh, at a KubeCon where, okay, we can do something about that. Uh, we can build a managed service uh, in, in SAP. We, we don't have that already um, to simplify the lives of many people inside the company and outside. Um, so this is this is basically how the idea came to, to life. Um, I can also talk about like what, what really Gardner is. Um, so if you look at Gardner, there are, um, I, I prefer to look at it as an end product. There are two end products from Gardner. <clears throat> so the first one is 
really providing clusters to users. So if I want the Kubernetes cluster, I, I, I would like to just go into a single place and just order a cluster and I get everything ready, um, uh, including networking, including monitoring, including logging and all the day two uh, operations that comes with it. On the other hand, there is this, this other uh, use case where I want as a vendor to, to happily, to, to, to maintain um, and provide Kubernetes clusters to my end users. So we can provide Gardner as a service as well. So Gardner can be Kubernetes as a service, can be defined as a Kubernetes as a service provider, or it can be um, uh, uh, clusters as a service, depending on the end product that you want to provide, whether it is the cluster or the entire product provided to you to, to give people Kubernetes clusters. Okay, so let's pause for a second because that was a little mix of virtual like drawing and, and doing a, a whiteboard almost. Let's talk about what you mean by a cluster that is the product versus what I understand Gardner to, to be, which is managing Kubernetes deployments, or am I getting that wrong? Yes, sure. So for example, in SAP, what we do is um, if you want a Kubernetes cluster, we give you the dashboard. The dashboard is your entry point where you can press a button and choose the provider um, um, of your choice. With Gardner, we provide um, a Kubernetes cluster on top of uh, GCP, AWS, uh, OpenStack, VMware, uh, on bare metal, on many cloud providers. So with Gardner, you just go to the dashboard, say, hey, I want, I want a Kubernetes cluster, and then you get a Kubernetes cluster. So this is basically um, a Kubernetes cluster, cluster as a service. So we give you the cluster ready, fully managed. There is no customization whatsoever. This is this is the first um, point that I meant, which is the cluster as a service. On the okay, other so hand, let's, some... let's, before we, let's, let's open that up a little bit more. So let's say that I am, so you mentioned DevOps earlier, right? Let's say that I'm an ops manager for an IT department with 100,000 employees and I'm getting tickets to create spaces on our cloud. So we're an AWS customer and we have employees in a finance line of business and they want to play with developing their own application and they sell it to their IT department and IT is going to establish them a space on AWS. You're saying that I would then generate via Gardner a space on AWS for them to run Kubernetes that is managed by Gardner? Yeah, let's take this step by step, right? So the first thing as, a, as, a, as, a, as an end user, you first have to containerize your application. So whatever you have at the moment, it needs to be running in containers. This is something that has to be done out of band from Gardner, right? So containerizing the application is the first step. Coming this as a second step, uh, whether it is Gardner or not, you want to orchestrate these applications. You want to handle ingress traffic. You want to provide monitoring. You want to provide all these things. And you want to do it on AWS, right? So you want to... You want to dedicate a space on AWS for, for orchestrating your containerized applications. What you need to do is, is, is simply provide us, the Gardner team, or on the dashboard, um, the account, the AWS account. And what we do is we create all the base infrastructure dependencies and, and requirements for you and provide you with all the primitives to form a Kubernetes cluster. And what you get at the end is a, is a, is a vanilla, so we say, there's no modifications from the from the upstream project. There is no opinions. You get a vanilla Kubernetes cluster where you can run your already containerized application. So you already need to have an image. You already need to have um, uh, uh, like handling how, how these the backup or how the how the how the um, testing or how the so all the application lifecycle needs to be handled outside of the scope of Gardner. Gardner is the like platform infrastructure layer. Is this is this clear or? Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's when you talk about the platform infrastructure layer, it, you're basically, I like to compare it to virtual machines. 
and the idea of we, when you left installing applications on a server you manage under your desk and you put it in a data center and then you've left the data center server for every application and you've gone to virtual machines and you now have, instead of, do you remember blade servers where you used to have one stack of servers running in one tall rack and you would have shared power and then you got to the point where you had shared processing and memory and you were just sticking hard drives in, but it was a, a server rack that almost looked like a cluster in the architecture design. And if one hard drive died, you would just put another hard drive in and it, you're familiar with RAID management and doing RAID arrays on hard drives. Did you ever experience yep. that? Okay, so like defining RAID one, zero, five, like setting up how you were gonna actually stripe your hard drives. This is now what I think in my mind, because I started out as a hardware guy, I, I now map Kubernetes and what we've done with virtual application clusters to virtual machines. And we've left behind the hard infrastructure and gone to a software defined network, as you mentioned earlier. And now what you're saying is if I call up and I need to request something, I'm going to get everything defined for me in a shared space on my AWS cloud. But what's coming with my application and all the monitoring, logging, everything else is coming from a Gardner managed Kubernetes cluster. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. But there's also there's also uh, like knobs of customization, of course. So the, the the easiest way is just ordering a cluster. But with the Gartner architecture, there is we, we tried as much as possible in the in the past year to ex make everything extensible and configurable. So let's say you were talking about RAID arrays and so on. This is in the storage layer. We are now supporting the um, CSI, which is the container storage interface. So in Kubernetes itself. The community was is going towards like abstracting everything and making it configurable um, and was abstracting i mean networking storage all the infrastructure primitives needs to be abstracted uh -huh. because if you if you put everything in one place in a in, in the same source code then it gets very hard to maintain and ever and, and update so whenever a vendor wants to like provide uh, support for a file or or, or uh, object storage or uh, or block storage for example emc or or um, uh, Red Hat or um, whoever vendor it is, he, like they need they need to um, uh, to put this in the source code into one place, and th this becomes really hard to maintain on the on the long term. So what the com community did for networking, for for runtimes, for for storage, is to to make this abstraction and build in an interface for everything. There is a storage interface, there is a network interface, there is a runtime interface, and um, who knows? Maybe there will be other interfaces for, for, hmm. for more primitives to come. So the, the idea is, although Kubernetes abstract all these infrastructure layers themselves, uh, they, it, it, they make also um, uh, the, these primitives configurable via interfaces. And with Gartner, we try to do the, the, the exactly the same principle. So Gartner is an, on, a, on, a, on a higher uh, abstraction layer a little bit. So Kubernetes is the cluster. But with Gartner, we, we, we give you the ability to configure uh, all the uh, add-ons on top of the uh, of the cluster, like like okay, um, I want to use a different networking plugin. And as I said earlier, since we use a network interface, Sigmundia so supports the CNI, this container network interface. So there's already this layer of abstraction. With Gardner, we can choose which plugin, network plugin, we want to use for our Kubernetes cluster. Which CSI, which storage plugin we want to use for our infrastructure. We also provide things like how do we handle certificates in that cluster? This is really not a Kubernetes um, uh, primitives, but it's more on the application side of things. Like I want to provide certificates. I don't want to manage my own certificates. I want my, my, my HTTP server to be reachable from the internet 
and, and get certificates from Let's Encrypt uh, publicly available from, from any browser on the internet. These, these, all these extra primitives rely and reuse the, the abstraction principles from Kubernetes and adds a lot on top. Nice, very nice. It sounds like, um, so I, I, that's a good bit about architecture. I think I'll put some links into the Gardner Project website in the description of the podcast, but I wanted to jump in now to more of the operations manager or the person who's gonna actually have to learn this. Is it a new skill set? even to someone who knows Kubernetes, or is this gonna be something that other people in the environment of cloud have been experiencing by different names? Will they be able to pick up Gardner quickly, or is it a, a re-engineering of what they've learned? Yeah, again, again, that depends on, on, on which layer, um, which, which user are you? So are you, if, you, if you're the end user who just wants a Kubernetes cluster, uh, there is no extra knowledge except of knowing Kubernetes beforehand. So if you know Kubernetes and you just want to use Gardner, uh, you press a button, you get a Kubernetes cluster. Now, if you want to contribute to Gardner, if you want to make your system more, or if there's a feature that we don't yet support and you want to customize Gardner, for example, you want to support um, a new networking plugin. Currently we support, for example, Calico and Selenium, but let's say you want to support something like Weave or Flannel. These are Kubernetes specific CNI plugins and we don't support at the moment. So you need, at that point, you need to understand our extensibility architecture. And for that, we really we really have a lot of documentation. So for, for documentation, I mean, you can look at the, at the Gardner gar, slash Gardner repo on GitHub. There is um, the Gardner.cloud website, which have tutorials and blogs. We also have a, on the Kubernetes blog, we wrote two blogs uh, over the span of two years. Uh -huh. One that describes what is Gardner, um, uh, really the basics. And the second one really goes on our extensibility architecture. Like how do we make every component in our Gardner architecture extensible so that external users who wants to integrate features of their own can easily just build in and build their own extension um, uh, without really understanding every piece and bit of Gardner to do so so it's if you if you if you are um, the maintainer at the end you just have to understand the, the the code base but if you're not the maintainer you just want to bake in features you just need to understand at which point in the extension architecture to plug in your extension to make it work whether it's a different operating system that you want to support whether it's a, a new storage plugin whether it's a new networking plugin and at the end uh, if you're just a user then just order a cluster with a button so it, okay. for every for every layer there is there is a um, uh, learning curve, um, and the hardest I would say the hardest learning curve is not that hard because we have a lot of documentation. Is to be a, main, a maintainer of the project, um, and because it's an open source project, many people are now contributing and and um, picking up Gardner quite fast. Okay, so this may be a hard question, maybe something you want to answer to right away, but we're SAP and we promote a lot of things with HANA and we have a legacy of ABAP. How do those technologies fit into the Gardner story? Sure, um, so the, the Gardner story is, is, is basically the, the infrastructure for all of these things that you said. So all these things are application level primitives. They need to run somewhere, whether they need, um, they, they need an orchestrator to run uh, on top. And what we provide, um, so they can choose to run, for example, on Cloud Foundry or on Kubernetes. And if they say we want to run on Kubernetes, we have already gone with this journey of containerized applications uh, and we want to orchestrate these and we want a Kubernetes cluster, they at this point have an option 
to say, okay, we can go with AWS uh, managed service or Azure managed services, or we can just pick um, Gardner because it provides um, a single pane of glass uh, and provide homogeneous um, and homogeneous architecture in terms of like networking storage and, and compute so that we can have um, later on the flexibility to migrate from one provider to the other. Um, so Gardner really is, is uh, the engine that provides people Kubernetes clusters to deploy their workloads on top. And if, if you're talking about SAP HANA or, or Data Hub or any of, it, of the SAP uh, stakeholders, then this simply, they just order Kubernetes clusters. And of course, the, with every use case comes um, a set of features that we, that they request and we, we uh, try to support and, and integrate in Gardner as fast as we can. Because every use case is different. Uh, some people say, okay, we need to support a multi-cluster use case. Some people say we want to support um, uh, an extensible storage interface. And this is really easy now with the extensible architecture. Okay, so I'm envisioning, because I work a lot with SAP's cloud platform, that cloud platform would give access to Gardner? Exactly. Or is that, okay, so this is something customers directly would access via their cloud platform console, or is this something that customers would order from SAP and then they would turn it on in their cloud platform system and they would never see it? Yeah, internally, internally we, so internally there are, there are two ways. Uh, and I think that the, so either you, we, pro, you go, already go to the Gardner dashboard and, and order the, the cluster from the Gardner dashboard itself. This is provided and accessible within SAP um, all over. Um, or I think there was an ongoing effort to integrate it in the cloud platform cockpit where you, where you can also do that from the cockpit, but I'm not sure how, how, how's the progress there. I think it ties in a little bit to the Kima story, which I'll talk about on a different podcast, but I know Kima is also hooking into Gardner as well. Yeah, Kima, exactly one example of, of something that runs on top of Kubernetes, right? And, and Kima is ba the base of, like Kima is a Kubernetes cluster. And at this point, we also provide Kima with a Kubernetes cluster to run their engine on top um, of Kubernetes. So the Kima uses Gardner um, in most of the instances to provision Kubernetes clusters whether it's on, on any cloud provider of choice, right? There are an AWS, there are GCP, as I said, we support um, an array of cloud providers and even on-prem deployments. Nice. So I think we've already talked almost 15 minutes and it flew by. So that was a lot of detail. Um, I think it's a good start. We might have to have you back on to talk deeper about maybe a use case. And uh, if you'd be open for that, I would really love it. I, sure. I think your Twitter is, uh, what is it, ZA Networker? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Zen Networker. Yeah, it's... Networker, okay. And then yeah. we've got you on GitHub with the same name. So I'll make sure exactly. I tag those into the description of the podcast. And the Gardner Project is pretty easy to find on Twitter, as well as you know, Gardner.cloud is the website. So I'll put all this information in the podcast. Um, I really appreciate your time. I think it was a lot of information, very deep dive. Um, is there another place that people can go to contribute and, and actually do tutorials? Is there a place they can go and, and try out the code? Because this is a, a very hands-on exercise, I think. Yeah, definitely there is. Um, so we have Gardner.cloud. This is, this is, I would say, um, if, I'm, if I'm new to Gardner, I would go to that place. It's the entry point. It has tutorials and references to almost every uh, piece of um, our software we're working with. On the other hand, if, if you're the developer who, who don't really like watching or reading documentation, um, you can just go to uh, GitHub Gardner slash Gardner. And there, okay. yeah, and this is, this is, or just Gardner and look at the project and look at all the sub, sub repos that we have. And then, yeah, uh, every repo has its own documentation. But if, if you're just really new, uh, Gardner.club would be my, my uh, point of, uh, of hook.
And let Gardner. me ask a, a follow-up to that. When you say really new, really new to Gardner or really new to Kubernetes, or do you need to go learn Kubernetes first? Uh, really new to Gardner, but if, yeah, if, you, if you're picking up Gardner, um, I, I think it makes sense to also uh, read up a little bit on Kubernetes basic concepts, uh, like like what is a pod, what is a deployment, because really what Gardner is, it's just, it, it, it follows exactly the same principle of Kubernetes. If you know what a kubelet is, if you know what um, an API server is, you will immediately map these concepts to Gardner because in Gardner, we have the Gardner API server and the Gardenlet and uh, the controller manager, which is also mapping to the kube controller manager. So understanding the basic architecture of Kubernetes, understanding like what is the what is a pod, what is deployment, what is a service. So the basic primitives of, of Kubernetes makes sense before um, before picking up a managed Kubernetes service, whether it's it's Gardner or or anything else. Nice. So then, my final question would be: Do you have a favorite use case that you like to show when you demo Gardner? Uh, basically, the, my, my my use case is generally anything that you want to run on Kubernetes, uh, you can run on on Gardner, and and the 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 idea is to run it in any cloud provider of choice and not only just tying to one. Uh, so the decoupling, the use cases, the major use case for me is decoupling um, uh, the cloud provider use case, like instead of relying on one specific feature for one cloud provider, we, we give you the option to really have the same experience no matter what provider um, you're, you're trying to run on top. So this is, this is for me the major uh, advantage of looking at something like Gardner, like you really have the flexibility and in the future, if you want to migrate, you also will support that. So migrating from, from one cloud provider to the, to the other. So the homogeneous experience is the, is the, is the top use case for me. That's awesome. And uh, I think that's a good point to end on. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add? No, it, it has been a pleasure and uh, thank you so much for, for, for having me. Cool. It's been awesome. I really appreciate the conversation, Nadal, and I hope to have you on again soon. Same here. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was a great podcast episode. I can't thank Adol enough. I think he's inspired me to focus a lot more in the next uh, season of this podcast on containers and Kubernetes, Docker, Project Gardener, as well as another project from SAP, Project Kima. So we're going to talk a lot about orchestration and containers and and everything that SAP is doing, along with other companies, to connect your, uh, your applications to the back-end data that you need to make your business apps function. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Bluebeard's Tech Talk has been brought to you by your host, Bluebeard, also known as Josh Bentley. And while I work for SAP, these opinions are not an official SAP stance. They are my own opinions and my own conversations. Thanks. Hope to see you next time on Bluebeard's Tech Talk.